What's the matter? There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? What's wrong with the water next to your bed? It tastes old. <laughs> We're packing hot dogs for the road. You know, hot dogs get a bad rap. They got a cool shape, they got protein. You like hot dogs, right? By the way, I think I know what's causing this. You do? It's the plants. They can release chemicals. You like hot dogs, don't you? Been editing montages with music. I need some everyday footage about grandparents, so I've decided to spend Thursday afternoon following them around. You hear that? She's laughing as she's watching TV. Maybe Mom and I will watch the same shows. Good afternoon. I heard you laughing. I have the deep darkies. have to laugh to keep the deep darkies in a cave. podcast i'm dylan i'm sierra i'm erica i'm john and today we're gonna be talking about say it sierra m night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be talking three m night Shyamalan movies we're gonna be talking signs You're the happening and the visit so enjoy the episode i had totally forgotten about the Shyamalan. but thanks Shyamalan. <laughs> Sierra I cannot fucking I would, say it. <laughs> I, always, I always call him uh, Shyamalan. Land. That's how it's spelled. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name, honestly. He That's just how I've always said it, so. So what, how, what order are we going in with the uh, movies? Uh, we can go in release order, so signs the happening. Oh, so in the order that we watched the them. visit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, actually, we didn't watch in that order. That was bullshit. We watched the happening signs, and then we remembered the visit. Yeah. Remembered we had to watch that. <laughs> no, we we watched we only watched it a couple months ago, and it's one of those movies that is so ridiculous it stays with you. 
So. Alright, so let's start with Signs. Dylan's personal fave. So, Signs, written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, it follows... It stars John Smith from Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> it stars uh, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin, and Abigail Breslin. Little Miss Sunshine. As a... As a family who lives on a farm, their crops get crop signs, aliens, boom... That's it. Yeah, and, and he finds the, his faith in God again. And yeah. the national, the National Geographic. It was, was the National Geographic. Is that the the aliens meme guy that with the big uh, poofy hair? He's yeah. Got his oh, up. it's That's, uh, ancient aliens. Um, the History Channel. <laughs> uh, the History Channel. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that guy, man. This is his jam right here. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna come right out and say this: this movie is a fucking ten out of ten, and like. You know the change my mind meme? Yeah. That's my goal right now. You guys need to change my mind that this movie is not a fucking solid 10 out of 10 movie. Well, it is Primo Gibson weird drunk breakdown while getting pulled over by police. So yes. that's a plus. But Nobody was all... called Sugar Tits, so I feel like that loses points. I'm going to be real with you, though. His movie, The Beaver, that came out after his breakdown is probably the greatest thing Mel Gibson ever did. <laughs> what, what, what was it called? He 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 was in a movie called The Beaver, and it's basically he has a mental breakdown and um he finds a beaver puppet in the dumpster, and he right. is, like he starts talking through it with like a ridiculous like Australian or British accent, sure. and like his wife leaves him and like his kids think he's weird, but like he starts like becoming like a really confident guy and like running his business really well and like <laughs> but he can't he won't talk unless he's talking through a beaver puppet. Like, it's really weird, but watch it. It's like, it's, it's like we just watched your breakdown movie. on screen. It's crazy. Yeah, it's probably the most good-natured movie he's ever done. Everything <laughs> tends to be very, uh, intent, te- or at least tends to be very, like, gritty and intense, you know. Yeah, it's he probably does. probably like, the most like, good-natured thing he's ever done. But. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's different. Maybe, no, I don't know, because he was in What Women Want. And that yeah, was that, that was, was like very lighthearted. That I was very lighthearted. I still think that's a very cute movie. I, like, <laughs> uh, like even watching that to this day, I think that you know I won't defend it as you know anything special. But I don't know. I give it. I love I the it. scene still where he's like shaving his legs and putting on pantyhose. I just think yeah, that's so she's funny. Like, what you, yeah, she's like, what are you doing? Exfoliating? I'm... Yeah, like he's <laughs> fucking Mel Gibson. What the uh, fuck else are you gonna tell her? Put yourself in that situation. Like, like, to this day, like, hands down, my favorite Mel Gibson movie is Braveheart. I've watched it like, I fucking love well Braveheart. over probably 70 times in my life. You know what mine is? Signs! Let's talk signs! Okay, we'll talk about signs. <laughs> he was, um, he was a, a minister, and then his wife got pinned to a tree by a car. By M. Night Shyamalan. By M. Night Shyamalan. By- you cocky bastard. And, uh, I killed Mel Gibson's wife. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and uh, Mel Gibson pretty much decides that he's no longer a man of God. He doesn't believe in God because if if God was real, he wouldn't have killed his wife or let his wife die. Everything you choose. And before his wife dies, she says, tell uh, Meryl to swing away. And then that ties in later in the movie. Yeah. Just jump right oh, into it, Sarah. No, he says, be sure to see, right? Yeah. That's what she says. She says to him, she says, make sure you see and tell Meryl to swing away. Okay, so the whole movie, Ooh. the movie, 
like the outside story is there's aliens that are invading Earth. Uh, they're like watching it for a while. They're kind of like doing reconnaissance, like checking out the planet, and then they decide to attack, invade, invade, attack, whatever. Invade is much Coming scarier. For us. Now, the inside story is Mel Gibson. Like you said, he was a priest or something, a minister, minister, whatever. Um, Pastor, he loses his faith after his wife dies, and the whole movie is pretty much him regaining his faith. There's a whole scene in the middle of the movie that really, like, puts everything together for the film, where he's talking to his brother, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, are you going to be part of Group A or Group B? Yeah, where he's saying, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix says, you know, I wish you used to be like you used to be. And, like, make me feel better. Like I so need that. He gives a whole speech about how there's two kinds of people. There's the kind of people who believe in coincidence, and there's some people that think, like... There's reason behind everything. Yes. So, he's like, what group are you in? He said, I'm absolutely somebody who thinks that it's... There's a reason that things happen. Yeah. And he said... Well, that's stupid because there's nobody here watching. <laughs> like yeah, he basically like so, that's dumb because dumb, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not realistic so anymore. So throughout the movie, you kind of see him like battling with his faith um, when his son's having an asthma attack when they're in the basement, and he's like praying again, but he's mm-hmm. like, "I hate you." Um, I was like that moment. I just need to say something about that moment. I was like. His son's going to be like, why does my dad hate me right now? I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> I would think that, uh, I would think that, uh, having existential proof of aliens would open up quite a few different, um, quite a few different more avenues of questioning your faith and confirming it, I guess. Well, I mean, just as, as a quick aside, you know, it's like refining his faith is one thing, whatever, but it's just like, well, now we know that there's fucking aliens. And if there's these guys, there's how many different other races. And so everything we've been taught to believe is a lie, biblically, you know. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like I believe in God again. It's like, well, maybe, I, you know, the answer still remains whether there's a higher intelligence or not. Yeah, but there's if you watch Ancient Aliens, there is a theory that God is an alien. Yeah. Well, Chariot of the Gods. Like, Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, that's what I mean, though. It's just like, like, and then like going into the end of the movie, it's like, well, he's got his faith again, and it's just like, I don't know if I'd be like, I don't know if I'd be able to just take it right back up the way that it was. I I understand the the character arc, and I get it. You know, I, I get the significance of it. I'm just saying that, like, he puts the collar back on and goes right back to work. Mm-hmm. Like, he puts the collar back on and goes right back to work, just like he's gonna go start teaching math again. You know. <laughs> And it's like, no, dude, everything you knew about this thing has been turned on its head. Like, yeah, you know? like everything yeah, but I think all he down. needed was to know that the entire, and that's the whole point of the movie, is that when his wife died, she somehow knew what was going to happen because she was telling him what they needed to know to defeat it at the end. You know what I mean? And that I think that's the whole point of it, is that he just needed to know that his wife was giving him a well, sign. Well, it's not even that. It's like, he's saying it at the end, because at the end of the movie, um, his son gets sprayed with, these aliens have, like, gas that they can spray at you, and it's supposed to kill it you. Poisons his you. son's lungs were closed because he had asthma, and he's even saying, he's like, that's why he has asthma, because... They've been doing it. Yeah. And, and like, he's pretty much saying, like, there's... Okay, I changed my mind. There's a reason for everything. This movie, like, 
the whole that was a really intense scene when he's like, yeah, his lungs were closed, his lungs were closed, he's okay, just give yeah. him a minute, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And then you can see the breakdown, like, he's like, oh, fuck, he's not fine, he's not fine, and then he breathes. I was like, oh, my God! <sighs> yeah, but that's the thing, like, everything in this movie, like, it ties together. Like, that's why his daughter was, like, so obsessed with water. And, like, mm-hmm. that that was the key to defeating them at the end. She had the cups of water it's everywhere. contaminated. Yeah. She's like the elephant from fucking... Tarzan. Yeah. Are you sure this water sanitary? It looks questionable to me. But, like, everything. And, like, even the opening of this movie. Like, you learn everything you need to know about these characters in the opening scene for the yeah. movie. You it show, was very well thought out, you show, the whole thing. It shows Mel Gibson's character. Was it Grant? Maybe. I don't remember his name. But um, it shows his character, and you see, like, the cross is taken down off the wall, and... Like, you meet the daughter, and the first thing she says is, are you in my dream, too? And throughout the movie, she brings this up, like, oh, I have one of my feelings. And, like, when she says uh, to Morgan, her her brother, like, oh, I, I had a dream. you to die. Yeah, I had a dream that you died. And when he's in the basement, like, having the I asthma attack. I about this. Yeah. Um, the first thing that Morgan says, the son, is, he's, I think he says, like, I think it's a sign from God or something. And it's, like... Shows that he still believes and like he's gonna have this conflict with Mel Gibson. Remember when he got really pissed off because Mel Gibson made him spaghetti like he wanted and then he wouldn't eat it? I would have been pissed off too. (laughs) That was bullshit. Eat your fucking spaghetti, kid. (laughs) But the whole movie. Sorry, that scene stuck with me. The whole movie. (laughs) The whole movie is just so like pre-planned out and perfectly done. Changed my mind. (laughs) <laughs> I think, okay, I'm going to say that I think that it does have a really cool underlying tie-together, interesting stuff. Um, I I just don't really... The only alien movie that I've ever been like, ooh, this is so good, is The Fourth Kind. First off, I hate fucking aliens. We all know how I feel about aliens. <laughs> I actually really like this movie. It fucking creeped me out. I like the scene. I like the... the scene when they're watching the news, dude, and they're like, it's like the people in Brazil, and it's like the guy, the fucking thing it's runs behind. by. Dude, I for I had I literally had like, I, nightmares no, about no, that no, shit. Okay. My for hands like, down, my favorite scene is when um uh. Mel Gibson walks into the to the living room and like the kids are sitting there with their tinfoil hats, but so is Meryl, Phoenix Phoenix husband on, and he's like obsessed over the TV. He's like, you know, they have all these crazy theories. That Sierra said too. Sierra's like, Dylan, this is you. Yeah. If this ever happened, like when he moves the TV into the closet, the closet, and I'm gonna poke in. He's gonna be like, Sierra. You have the the developments are insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I just feel I'm, like I could picture Joaquin Phoenix now doing that same thing. I at fucking home love without, <laughs> without shut being you down. I love Joaquin Phoenix. I do I, too, uh, but I'm just saying I could still picture him doing. I that didn't right know now. he had a cleft palate. I just thought he had a weird scar. No, he's also uh, River, uh yeah, River Phoenix's brother. Yeah, yeah, he's he's dead though. Yes, he is. Another thing that the I dead saw. Dead kid from Stand by Me. The fat kid from is he the fat kid from Stand by Me? No. Which one's the fat kid? That's Jerry O'Connell. Oh. Um. He's which a, one's the fat? One of the uh, that's the dude from Kangaroo Jack. Oh yeah, Jackie Legs. <laughs> yeah, Jerry O'Connell. He was in uh, Scream Two as well, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, he played uh, Sydney's boyfriend, but yeah. um. No, another thing with this movie, I I saw I was watching videos on it, uh, like before recording, like 
I, I've been getting lazy with research to where I don't really, like, read up on things. I kind of just watch videos. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not YouTube, yeah. I'm not doing it. But, um... Uh, one of the people on there, I don't remember who it was, but they had said uh, another thing in this movie that they they caught on to, and they didn't know if it was intentional, and I didn't know either, but it kind of made me like think about it. Um, Morgan has the baby monitor that he's able to hear the aliens through, and they're trying to hear it, and they're all passing the baby monitor around, and like nothing's coming through. But it's not until all of them are holding on to each other that the signal comes through and it was supposed to be like that that was symbolism for like them coming back together as a family i don't i don't know i feel like there's so many underlying things in this movie can i just say uh, abigail breslin might be the cutest little kid she is adorable i hate that she's not a kid right now because she was so adorable she had a she had a a lot of she had a string of these movies too where Mm -hmm. she where she was kind of a uh this was her first movie yeah, and, and, and I mean, after this, I mean, like, she had a string of these of these movies where she was kind of like uh, an ethereal child character, what, like, or am I thinking of someone else? No, she was in, like, Little Miss Sunshine and yep. shit, too. She oh, did yeah. a lot of, like, okay. independent yeah. movies. Yeah. She still acts today, but she's in shit like Scream Queens, dumbass. Ugh. Right. <laughs> but, um, looking a little bit at the horror side of this movie, because we are horror podcast, despite how many times Sierra brings up Disney. Uh, <laughs> Tarzan was an underrated film. Okay. I'm going to start a Disney podcast. Um, there, there were creepy moments in this. Erica, you brought up the whole well, Cam Porter thing. The, fucking, the um, movie freaked me out, but I don't like aliens, for, so I'm probably not the not best for, person to talk about this with. Not, not for nothing, but I believe Shyamalan's production company uh, is owned by Disney. Really? So, I, I believe oh, yeah, so it, it's Touchstone, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you're right. And so, like, so technically, <laughs> we can say that today's today is uh, Disney Horror Day. You know. Yes. <laughs> can we do that? Can we do a Disney Horror podcast? We could do that. No, we could do that movie. Yeah, uh, the Woods one. Yeah. Well, there's tons of movies that are horror movies that are actually. I went, well, okay. Well, no, there's a movie. The research, there's a movie. Foolish from, like, of the me 80s. to say that I'm positive. There's, it's foolish of me to say that I'm positive about this without doing any prior research, but I can guarantee you there are horror Roger. movies that are owned by Disney because of because Disney would be the parent company that yeah. owns um, the underlings that make the movie or whatever. So, like, I guarantee you there's horror movies. So, if you wanted to do, like, a really cool, like, well, put a podcast there is a movie, like Disney it's, horror movies, you know? It's from the 80s. Um, and it was released it's called, by Disney. It's released by Disney. Like, it's called, it's a actual Disney movie, and it's called The Watcher in the Woods. And apparently it was, like, so fucking scary that Disney had to pull it and, like... Hide it. Hide, hide it, it away. Because, because of how, like, actually scary it yeah, was. Yeah, watch the trailer when you get a chance. Stop yeah. It's <laughs> very cool. So, um, very cool. But, yeah, one part... For one, this movie is what made me afraid of... Wind chimes. This movie made me afraid of Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. I don't do aliens, I, guys. So I giggle, I, I giggle, I giggle every time I watch this. The, the, there's two of the two scenes in this movie that make me giggle every time I watch it. The very first one is when they go flying out of the house, 
And he's like, just run. He's like, just run outside and just start swearing or whatever. It's not a big deal, you know. It's like we're gonna scare them. That's what we're because they they think in the cornfield they think it's yeah. the, the, their neighbor guys or whatever. Yeah. But it's like just run outside and act angry and crazy. So Joaquin Phoenix goes, like, we're gonna get you sons. We're gonna fuck you up, you sons of bitches, or whatever the hell he says. And then Mel Gibson's like, I'm insane with anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, how Mel Gibson is. It's time for an ass whooping. He's like, I cursed. I heard. <laughs> And he's like, because he's like a priest. He's like, doesn't yeah. know how to be like an angry badass. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking back of every role I've ever seen Mel Gibson in, and I feel like he doesn't really curse generally. Like he doesn't curse. Like uh, leave the weapon. He cursed quite a bit. Yeah, um, but like think like like Braveheart. He definitely didn't curse. He obviously didn't curse in Pocahontas. Um, the Patriot didn't curse. Like he's always like that's a another father. solid Mel Gibson. Yeah, movie. I really like the Patriot too. It's what like, happened to Mel Gibson one day, Sierra? Sierra started okay. a hashtag called Mel Gibson Monday, and she never followed the through. Second one, the second one hit Memorial Day, so I made it Mel Memorial Monday, and I posted a picture of Mel Gibson carrying the American flag <laughs> in the Patriot. But, like, only two people started hashtagging with me, so I was like, this is not taking off. I'll well, be back I, on Monday. I, uh, Mel Gibson is one of those uh, actors that uh, I, I don't bemoan what happened to his career, but it, it does sad me a little bit that he lost his mind because, because um, I've always enjoyed Mel Gibson too. I mean, he's kind of making a comeback though. Like he was a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy's home too. <laughs> yep. yep. He, he was did. cool in that movie he was, too. He, that movie was shit compared to the first one, but he made it so much better. Yeah. yeah I love Mel What was, what was um, the one he made? It was the first one he made after his public meltdown. I think it was uh, Ed, Edge of Darkness. That one was really good. Yeah, watch the beaver. You'll never go back to any of this. Passion of the Christ. Um, watch one, the beaver. One part of uh, I think Passion of the Christ is what fucked him up. Yeah, man. I think that's definitely when he started, what fucked him up. He started blaming the Jews, and it's not their fault. Uh, well, that, I think, I, think um, I think his whole meltdown was one of uh, a classic case of like he was almost because like he got stopped at a traffic stop and started Sugar yelling at the cop. And and I think it was I think he was I think he was just got severely depressed. Yeah. Because he went through an ugly divorce. He went through an ugly divorce, and that happens to a lot of men. It royally fucks him up. And then like and I think he was trying to invite death by cop. I think is what he was doing. And yeah. so I mean, because the stuff he was yelling at the cop had no basis in any sort of you know reality. So like when he lost his shit at the cop, I think he was egg, trying to egg him on to like open fire. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think he was just a dude going through a rough fucking time and and had the unfortunate. And I mean, as somebody who's like had his life in ruins, I can tell you that like my greatest, uh, um, I guess, blessing was to have had my life in ruins and now have it back together, but have had like had my life go through ruins and I wasn't on camera. I wasn't yeah. like a yeah, public figure. Yeah, that's the thing figure. about being a celebrity, though. Is I, I wasn't it's... a public figure, or and that's exactly like where Eric is going with this. It's like it's like when they melt down and their life is in shambles. It sucks. The cameras don't turn off, them. man. Mm-hmm. You know, and people have no mercy on that shit. Yeah, like, no, they just don't no, care. Don't. It's like people are exactly. people, no matter so, how crazy. Right, and so it's like so when he his life is in shambles and everybody's shoving a can, it, it almost gets worse at that point. Because yeah, everybody you can't wants it. You can't escape it. Right. Now it's on every fucking media outlet known to man that you had a nervous breakdown. I'm pretty sure he apologized to the Jews. <laughs> right. Well, right. And so it's like one of the, he did, he did the, 
he did the really, really good response, I think, which was just a long period of silence. Yeah. And just kind of let it slowly fade away, like that creepy moment in curling. So if you, if you ever watch curling, right? There, there's, uh, and I'm going somewhere with this, right? So just, <laughs> the like, moment of curling, like you watch him go, and the guy that's holding the stone, there's the two broom people, and they're sweeping, they're sweeping, they're sweeping, and they go down the lane. And you think that that guy with the stone is going to follow him all the way down. And then right at the last second, he just goes fucking, and let's go of the rock. Like, you know, like he doesn't like, so like, like that same, like that same moment. Mel Gibson didn't, he didn't like write a riot act to defend himself or anything like that. He just let go of it, you know, and just was quiet for a long time. And then just kind of slowly started to peek on the corner. Like, uh, is everybody cool now? <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to see him, uh, so I, I think he directs more now than he does anything else. Yeah. But, but uh, um, anyway, to get back to the the main of the discussion, the, the the other moment too is like when Joaquin Phoenix is sitting in front of the TV. So he's sitting in front of the TV when they're playing that video. It's like it's behind or whatever, and Joaquin Phoenix is talking to the TV. He's like, "Move, children, vamanos!" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vamanos! I don't know why that, that, yeah. that makes me giggle. The, the part that makes me laugh every time I watch this, I don't know why, but it's when uh, Joaquin Phoenix is talking to the cop, and she, he's like, like he like starts like hitting on himself, and he's like, listen, I'm pretty strong, and I'm pretty fast. <laughs> and I'm just like this fucking guy. No, the best part was when Joaquin Phoenix was in was with the recruiter guy, and he's like talking about how good of a baseball player he is, and he's like, yeah, and he also has the highest strikeout streak. And right. Then you could just saw like the shame in his face. He's like, oh, I didn't know oh, you were cool. over there, asshole. Well, that's the guy what. that they thought was fucking up their cornfield too. Yeah, Lionel. Lionel and the Wolfington brother. <laughs> yeah, I Which is like the classic, like, Scooby-Doo ass name. Like, we're a yeah, really right. shitty fucking, like, hipster band. Yeah. Yeah, right. We Lionel. Band, <laughs> we should make a, a band called Lionel and the Wolfington Brothers. Yeah, right. Let's do it. Oh, Alright, um, I, I don't want to, like, short time us, but we are short on time, so I do want to get into ratings because we have okay, two other movies sure. to talk about. So, signs. I will go first. 10 out of 10. Change my fucking mind. Sierra. Six out of ten. Change my fucking mind. Are you really giving it a six or are you giving it to fuck with me? Like, give me your actual rating. Seven and a half. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll go next. I'm coming with a nine on this one. You're coming with a nine? Yeah. Thanks, Erica. You're welcome. It's John? not, it's, I can't give it a ten, but it's a nine. Solid. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna give the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this thing a six. And I'm gonna be the one to try to change your mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll go for it. This thing, it, I'm not gonna throw a shitload of hate or shade. The, the classic thing to do is to come out with a with a with a Shyamalan shitstorm, you know, because <laughs> that, that's like a. I think he's a popular one that that the internet will latch on. He it's kind of like a the lot Nick. of hate, and I love him, Night Shyamalan. Well, the thing with it is like he he started his career so fucking strong with the Sixth Sense and Signs, and then he kind of dropped off with like The Village, The Happening, um, The Last Airbender. I, I I enjoyed Devil, and we were originally supposed to do Devil for this episode, but Sierra wanted to do The Happening. Not because well, I like you guys. And I, I agree. I, I, I loved Devil. Lady in the Water. But it's a good thing we actually did uh, The Happening instead, because Devil was not directed by Shyamalan. Yeah, that's another thing I looked into also. Right. And, and so, but like, I like Devil too. I, I agree. But, but, um. Probably because he didn't actually direct it. Anyways. Probably okay. So, 
so I'm not um I'm not gonna come right out with the Sean Milan shitstorm here because he's kind of like a I feel like he's a little bit like Nickelback, where like <laughs> everybody will make the Nickelback jokes and everybody talks about how much they hate Nickelback and everything else, but everybody everybody and I don't care who like can lie to me all you want. Anytime that like that song, this is how you remind me comes on, everyone will fucking sing. John, you know? I will have to disagree with you on that one. I no fucking way. There's no way. <laughs> Radio stations getting changed, show. cars <laughs> getting burnt. Like, John, it's been great doing this podcast with you. Have a good day. Instantly, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just mute my mic. I'm not saying that I'm a Nickelback fan. Okay, I'm just saying that like everybody I at least, you being a or like the song, or like the song Animals, like. Like that one comes on and like, in, at least around here anyway, like everybody throws all this shit shit at Nickelback and I look around and see them all singing along to these songs and bars and it's like, you assholes were making fun of this band like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Like you don't get to, you don't get to shit on a band and then not hate on them when their stuff comes on. Yeah. Like I'm just saying the double standard is, is what I'm getting at. Okay. Now, like I'm no Nickelback fan. Okay. But I'm just saying I'm using that as a, a contrived t-shirt. What's that? Nothing. Continue, <laughs> right? But, but I mean, I, it, the example is contrived, but I feel like it's applicable. And so, like, it's the same kind of thing. I think a lot of people will throw shade at M Night Shyamalan and talk about how much they hate him or whatever. But there's movies of his that they'll actually sit down and watch, and they'll be ashamed to admit that they do enjoy. And I and I enjoy this movie. The same way that I enjoy a lot of M Night Shyamalan movies, I like about the first seventy five percent of it, and then the end. I think is so contrived that it's you you either you either dig that about his movies or you don't you know and I it's just not for me and I feel like it does some of the story some of the pieces of stories injustice because I feel like his spots are fantastic like um this the, the spot where the alien where they're looking out and you can't don't even notice the alien's foot until it moves back into the yeah. rose of corn that's phenomenal or like when they're down in the basement and the hand is sitting there and you don't see it yeah. You know, and then it reaches up and grabs the kid. Then, or the it uh, still kind of creeps me out when he's talking to the alien in the other room. The patty you know, wagon. Uh, yeah, and then like, and then, <laughs> and then like he goes, trying, he's trying to stand at the door, and then the hand comes out. Yeah. You know, Funny like, story about that. Um, so this was like the first movie I ever bought on DVD. Because this was back when I because you this came out Gibson, in, I know no this came out in two thousand two and that's when I really started like getting into horror like, Mel Gibson when I was, yeah so I was in middle school I think at the time or like junior high school whatever um and we went down to my grandma's because my grandma was babysitting my brother because I was not trusted with kids don't know <laughs> why but uh so I go my brother was like five or six at the time and I'm like hey. Check out this movie I just bought. So the whole movie, my grandma, this is, like, if anybody's ever listened to our Gremlins episode, my grandma was terrified of Gremlins. So I put this movie on, and the whole fucking movie, her and my brother are, like, terrified, like, almost in tears. And I'm like, it's not that scary. That part came where, like, the hand comes out from under the door and Mel Gibson cuts the fingers off. They were screaming, like, stereotypical horror movie, like, ah! And they made me turn the fucking movie (laughs) off. 
Turn it off! We're not finishing this shit! My brother, who's like five or six, like, he was literally crying, like, in tears. He's like, Turn it off! Your brother's now 19 and he still cries about everything. We love him. We love you, Zachary, if you're listening. I don't think you do, though. But, yeah, that's my story with that. Alright, alright. So, um, but I think there's this trend that and now I don't know if Shyamalan is guilty of it or guilt, maybe he's more guilty of starting it. But I think move, uh, movies, especially nowadays, I think people, you know, th- everybody's after some twist. They want to do, and I've had this conversation several he times. He the M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. But right. That's the, that's the funny thing, though, is like, I this feel like everyone, really everyone associates twist, him with like plot twists. Not all of his movies have plot twists. I think only one of these movies I felt had a real plot twist to him. Yeah, I feel like The Visit did. Yeah. Well, and and the and the uh, the problem with that now now it's either one of those things like I said that bothers you or it doesn't, and it bothers me, and I'll explain to you why. Is that I feel there's a difference between plot and story, and I've explained this. Is I feel like when you go with plot, especially when you're dealing with plot twists. I feel like when it just swerves out of nowhere, you got to be very careful about how you do it because I feel like plot twists rely on you to lie to the audience mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's like, all right, so now we get here and everything we did up until this point was fucking pointless, mm-hmm. you know, because now it's this, it's this plot twist that it's like the village. That's why I hated the village. It's like, I, the rest of it, I felt, was decent. And then we get to the point, it's like, well, they're in a natural game of wildlife or something. Then why did you show me everything else? Yeah. Like, it's like, I want to hear about the monsters in the forest. That sounds kind of cool to me, you know? And I think that there's this fascination with, like, you know, you know, I've heard them called, like, marks. So, like, the people in the crowd that are wise to how everything works. You know, it's like, well, we got to stay ahead of the marks. Like, you don't have – don't worry about the fucking marks. People are going to, like – Okay, so it comes down to this. Um, I, I had uh, talked to an author one time who, who was like, you have to stay ahead of your audience. And I was like, I don't think you do. I don't think that that's the important part. Who gives a shit if people can predict where it's going? That doesn't yeah. bother me even in the slightest. Matter of fact, I think you can build an even greater sense of dread if people know where you're going and then you and then you're looking them basically right in the eyes of storytelling. Like, yeah, that's exactly where we're going. And you're going to sit here. Like, like, and, and we're going to go on this, and like the dread of the upcoming big bad boogeyman or whatever it is, is your thing. You know, I, I think building that dread, if the audience knows where you're going, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think your execution is the most important thing. So it's I think like, it I don't depends get... on who you're watching it with though, because then you do get those people that are like, oh, I knew that was going to happen the whole time. Right. And, <laughs> right. And, right. And that's why I had started all that. Like, and that, right. And, and you're exactly right, Dylan. But that's like, that's why I'm saying like, I started like this. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying this as like an arbiter of taste. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that like my preferences are correct and that's all that's correct. Like I said, it's, it's something that either bothers you or it doesn't. And, and it bothers me because I feel like the story on a twist is, tend, tends to be okay. We're not, there are no absolutes in life. I mean, there's times when it's been done very, very well, but I'm just saying that like twists tend to rely on red herrings. And, and they tend to rely on lying to the audience and which bugs me because I'm like, I feel like everything you told me was, was just to set this up and it was mm-hmm. just to lie to me and just be like, Ooh, what a twist. 
You know, it's like I don't care about the twist, man. I want to see, I want to see this big bad monster in all of its glory. And I talked about this before. I don't care if it's a monster I've seen a million times. Yeah. I really don't care as long as it's done well. And, and to Shyamalan's credit, you know, he doesn't even really, you know. So I bring up this twist thing, and it's not even really applicable to Signs. So I'm not because Signs isn't really a twist. He tells you that it's aliens from the very start, and it ends up being aliens. So, you know, to that credit, it's definitely accurate. Well, my issue comes in is, like, um, with the twist atmosphere, I guess, there comes to be this sort of, like, tumbling and unraveling of, like, tying up loose ends within the last ten minutes of the movie to make everything nice and neat. And that bothers me as well. I guess, you know, you take a long time building up, and then ten minutes that it's just kind of, like, it's just kind of like, oh, movie's done. You know, well, all this stuff ties that's in. That's what I liked about Signs, though, is that everything that happened in the movie tied back to, like, the overall, like, everything came together. It was, like, I would prefer that over a plot to where they're just like, oh, disregard everything that has happened up until this point because this is what's actually been happening. Well, right, like, right. Right. Like, this movie gave purpose to everything that you watched for that entire hour and 40 minutes. Like, no, ab- every ab- single ab- thing that you saw was important. Right, absolutely. And that's why I'm saying, like, the, the, the twist thing is not really applicable to this movie, but it's the same method of delivery where, like, yeah, everything yeah. has to be tied up in the last 10 to 15 minutes. And just as a viewer, I don't appreciate that either. That's just not something that I like because, like, when things end up too neatly and too convenient – it just makes me sort of fidget yeah. because it makes me sort of fidget with a story because, because I like very visceral, realistic, uh, um, very, very, very visceral and intense horror and, and very visceral and intense horror very rarely is neat or neatly tied up. And not only that, one of my biggest beefs in the horror thriller genre, M. Night Shyamalan's movies always tend to have some sort of uplift. Mm-hmm. on the ending, which this is strictly a personal thing, okay? I'm not saying that it's ruining the horror genre, but as a viewer and a fan, like we're dealing with horror, I would prefer to see many more horror movies that have much darker endings because, I mean, these are dark stories that we're telling, and if you pay attention to, like, if you read the news at all, you get, you know, it takes you 10 minutes of reading the news to read horrible things, you know? Very rarely in real life, you know, when these, when these, when these horrific things play out, do they end neatly or well, you know? And so I can certainly appreciate where he's coming from as a storyteller to tell some stories with some uplifting stuff. But it's like, man, we got a lot of people doing that, you know, like telling stories with uplifting endings. It's like, give me the horror, the blood, the guts and the gore. Like, like you got these aliens invading earth. And it's like for, yeah, and, well, it's the convenience thing. So it's like the alien, or like when he wakes up the next morning and the aliens are just gone. Like, yeah. It's like, well, it was water. That was their weakness. Uh, so yeah, they're gone now. It's like if they had scoped out Earth, like if they'd scoped out Earth, they weren't aware that like 70% of it was water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. Like that kind of, like th- those types of quick wrap ups bug me a little bit, you know, and they, they make me sort of, like I said, they make me a sort of fidget, you know, and, and get a little bit uncomfortable in my seat. And so it, like I, when on my rating system, you know, a five is, is entertaining, you know, so a five is not like a bad rating in my mind. That's just sort of like, I was entertained by it. It wasn't, it wasn't a waste of time for me to watch. And so by giving this a six, 
you know, there's some good spots in it that yeah. bump it up from a five to a six that make it like, no, you check it out. I mean, there's some, some genuinely creepy moments. And to this day, I th- for me, the creepiest moment in the movie as a parent is when she walks into his room, she's like, dad, there's a man standing outside my room. And he's like, he's like, ah, okay. Cause you hear, you believe it or not, you do hear, well, and Erica can attest to this. I'm sure you hear this shit from kids fairly often, you know? And so it's like, dad, there's a man that's standing outside my room. And it's like, okay, fuck, whatever. I'm coming. You get, it's like, you get up and you go walking across that. He looks and there's one standing on a fucking barn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. I mean, I remember the first time I watched that movie, that was my reaction. I mean, I know it's coming now, but like when I watched it the first time, you know, I was like, Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> there's an actual man standing outside of a room. It's like, that's, it's creepy. It's, it's well done, you know? So. I mean, there's, like I said, there's genuinely, like, frightening moments in it, but, like, the quick raveling up and the, and the, <clears throat> and the convenience of it. Well, I can, wife is dying, and it's kind of like, not to be, not to be vulgar or crass, okay? And you can cut this if you want to, but it's sort of like, if you're watching rom-coms, okay? The sex scenes in them are always so fucking nice, you know? <laughs> it, like, they're always so fucking nice, and it just bugs me, because it's like, it, it's it just bugs me because it doesn't really get at the real heart of like of like sexual exploration between two people. It's, I I I'll ruin movies sometimes, Rebecca. Like we'll be watching a rom com and I'll just be like, that is fucking bullshit. Fucking, <laughs> it's like no one in their right minds has sex that way. Like it's, it just it ruined the whole movie for me. <laughs> it's, it, it, so in that type of vein, I can appreciate what Dylan is saying. You know. That it all ties in really nice and neat and everything else. It, it, but like I said, it's so fucking nice. You know, like the, the wife says, tell him to swing away and all this other stuff. But it's like, okay. But, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just not quite dirty enough, you know, I suppose. But, but, um, just from that standpoint on a personal range, I, I would give it a six, but. Okay. Well, that gives it an average of an 8.1. So I don't know. Totally fair. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's a 10, but... So well, now, 10, we talked 10, the good. Like, Let's talk you... the bad. <laughs> the happening. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like it's weird because, like, Zoe Deschanel is, like, a fairly known actress who's... She's good at what... When she... In the, the genre she does. And Marky Marks is a very well-known actor... Or um, musician to some. Vibrations. <laughs> but and Running he's very well known for like comedy action ago. movies, which he's, I suppose he's considered very good well, for okay, the genre he does. But throwing them into this style of movie was very awkward. Let, let me talk about this, okay? He loved math. No, he didn't love math. He loved science. Oh yeah, science. What fucking school goes? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's qualified to be a science teacher. Better yet. John Leguizamo, math teacher. Fucking Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the principal of the school. He skipped school and he became the principal. <laughs> but is that not like the ultimate way to like get back at the system? You know, is to make them pay you for your whole life? If that like... motherfucker writes one person up for skipping class. I'm going to call him a hypocrite. It's going down. Zoe Deschanel, babe, 10 out of 10. Oh. But we're not here to talk for that reason alone. No, this movie is not getting a ten from me. 
Sira, fuck you for making me watch this movie again, because this is a movie that I watched when it came out, and I wanted to forget about it, okay? Mark Wahlberg talking to fake players go, we're just gonna use the bathroom, please don't, we'll be right out of your way, don't kill, no! Oh, plastic tree. Oh, uh, yeah. What the fuck is this? What is this movie? No, the whole time we were watching this movie, I was trying to think of ways that it could be worse. And, like, I was there, like, if we were ever to record commentary for a movie, this is the fucking movie. Like, the part where John Leguizamo is in the Jeep and he sees, like, the rip in the top of the Jeep and he's, like, starts sweating and he's, like, freaking out. I was like, Sierra... How fucking gold would it be if he was just like, oh man, I just really want to kill myself right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they fucking made the movie. I, yeah, I 100% agree. Beck and I did watch this and maybe 20 minutes in, I looked at Beck and my, with my eyebrows kind of pursed. I was like, I was like, they hadn't even really gotten into anything at that point, you know, yeah. other than like the, you know, the, the eerie deaths, which, to be fair, I think the idea of, like, the idea of mass unexplained people deaths, like, that can work. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, look, take yourself out of the movie The Happening, and we're just storyboarding here, okay? Just kicking ideas around a table. I think the idea of unexplained mass de- mass deaths as a sign, like, as a way to get to, like, dystopia, I think is, 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 a, is a, something you can work with. Like, I think that's a workable idea what they did with it was garbage but well, i think I the even, idea i'm that, not even opposed to like the whole like it was the plants because i think the plants was totally retarded like i think that was really really dumb it, I, it was like it was the way they carried it out but like there are plants that have defense systems similar to that yeah. so for them to yeah, use that man. it's possible but i mean make it that they die don't make it that they're just like oh man they're all gonna kill themselves now like no, that's not what's gonna <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah. Like it was an interesting concept I think that was the poorly reason, executed. I think the I think the reasoning behind having them kill themselves was like if they're just dying of like a poison of some sort It'd or be toxin. Boring, I guess, yeah, I, yeah. The, like well, this the, added some like fun kills to it at least. Yo, the this way, movie does like the cr- part where it starts raining men. Literally, it's raining I, men. I think I think that like this whole I think they started with an idea had zero vision for where they wanted to go. So I think all they had when they started was like they, I think somebody read an article on mass bird deaths because those will happen every once in a while. (laughs) And so I think they were just like, what if we did that with people? And someone was like, okay, we can do something with that. (laughs) And then, and then I think that they just sort of shit out a movie. Well, the thing is too is I feel like there's not. With every movie, there, there needs to be some zero sort direction of in this redeeming movie. qualities. Like, well, okay, here's the anything. acting was even bad, and they're not the bad actors, bad. but it was so bad because but, they, uh, yeah, people that are not for this even, genre. They hadn't even gotten into anything. Like they were like 10, 15 minutes in, and I looked at Beck, and I was like, something about this already seems off. And I was like, and and I Beck, I was listening to it, and I was like, I think it's the as like I told her, I was like, I think it's the script writing. The lines are clunky. The lines are clunky, and the yeah, decisions... Like, hold on. The decisions made in this movie are literally the stupidest fucking decisions ever. Like, John Leguizamo's yeah. character, everybody's <clears throat> dying, but I'm gonna leave my daughter here with these people so that I can go find my wife that I know is probably dead, but, like, fuck my daughter, go ahead. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ditch you. Okay, that's same, fucking stupid. The end of the, the movie... Fate. 
to the, the same the movie, fate. They are safe in these houses that they're in. Wait for this shit to blow over. No, I want to pee by you. Okay, let's go outside where we're probably going to die. And, just and then they don't even <laughs> run. They're just walking. Like, yeah. Like, there's and then no, it like, goes back to your, like, everything has to be a happy ending. Like, you're just like, oh. Like, if they had it that they just died right there, I'd be like, all right, whatever. But no, it's just like, oh. This was just killing somebody five minutes ago, but now we're okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice and say one thing I did like about the movie, and there's only one thing. I thought it was cool every time they came up to a point where there was the toxins in the air, and you saw all the different ways people were dead. I thought that was really cool. Like when when they're driving through, when John like Lazano got in the jeep with the people, and they're driving through, and there's all the I don't know, like, road workers, and they're all hanging from the trees, and they're, like, driving under a bunch of hanging bodies. I thought that well, was but, really cool. And that's, and going on what Sierra was saying, I think, like, I, and I agree with you, Sierra. Like, I, and that's why I, I say, I think the idea of mass unexplained human death can work mm-hmm. as, as, as an idea. Like, and I know that we're so soured on it by this dump of a movie, you know, but... I think, like, like I said, just take yourself out of it. I think that idea can work. Concept one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent depends on your execution. The I movie think it would be more interesting if they did it like that. It was like some bacterial infection in the brain or something. Well, here's what I, uh, here's yeah. what pissed me off about the whole thing. That the the exp- person to person. First off, the explanation they gave was that the toxins that the plants released made you not care for your safety. So okay. Just make it that, but like, if you don't care for your safety, you're not gonna go out of your way to seek a gun to shoot yourself. Like, yeah. you're just gonna like accidentally die because you're not exactly. taking precautions. Right. You're not yeah. seeking you're out like, ways. So you're people, not like, turning suicidal. The only, the only death in this that could have been like understandable with that information given would be walking off of a roof, right? Walking in front of a car to die, laying laying in front of a lawnmower, I could understand a little bit. But even that is like, if there's a running lawnmower... I, like, You're not going to turn it on, start it, and then lay underneath Yeah, it. Like, exactly. Right. That would be like walking in front of a giant lawnmower would be understandable. Right. Um, well, and I think and that, jumping in a bull's pen. I feel like be. this movie is just like, like, not to sound like a fucking sicko, but everybody does it, no matter how normal you are. People have fantasized, like, okay, like, imagine a death this way. That'd be fucking crazy. I feel like this movie is just, like, a compilation of just, like, oh, imagine if somebody died, died in this like way. This, yeah. Well, let's put it in this movie and just give an explanation of why everybody's dying. As, and then as, it's just a, an a, hour a, and a half of just even, dead, even As a fun little the, admission, as a fun little self-admission, like, I live in that area a lot of times. Like, when, when you write horror, you do have to get creative with deaths. Yeah. And so it's like, and so you got to get really brutal with it sometimes, especially if you want to be innovative about it. You know, well, in the photo shoot we did yesterday, you got to do fucked up shit, you know, and you have to think it out, you know. And so like you got to do research on like how people get torn apart. You got to do research on burn victims. You got to do research on like really disturbing things. And even then, my biggest issue is like, okay, so show me some of those deaths, but they didn't even commit to them. So it's like yeah. he lays down in front of the lawnmower. You don't see one ounce of blood. He, no. Like she stabs herself with, with the hair needle, you don't even see a blood trickle. It's like if you're gonna do this, movie. you know, it's like if you're gonna do this, like go all out for it, man. Like what are you doing? Like, like you're you're not even you're not even committing to the idea of like of the gruesome idea of this mass death. So this is quite literally an expose on nothing. Yeah, you know, the only thing that this movie did that I would say is like holy shit, like ballsy 
was that they had no problem killing kids. Like that fucking Not kid got all. blown away by the shotgun, and I was I was surprised. Two kids. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, holy shit, they actually like fucking committed to murdering commit- children. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of movies will do that. And that wasn't even the disease. That was, like, literally, like, people killing people. Like, yeah. that was that was adult right. and child violence. Right. The whole well, the, lady, crazy old lady at the end, too, was just like, why the fuck is this even here? Like, right. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, and, too, because I like the explanation of why they didn't die. It was like, it ended five minutes prior. Exactly. It was so yes! Serious. Oh, my God. But in their defense, it wasn't just, like, thrown in, like, the, they did announce a time... Before they got to that point on the news, they were like, if we had to guess, it would end somewhere around 928, and they did not go outside until like 951 or something like that. That's I feel like M. Night was living too much in the signs mindset where he's just like, nothing's a coincidence. Like, uh, how do you I, how do you have somebody die from the disease five minutes ago, and then you can go outside and be like, oh, it's suddenly over? Add, like, snap of a finger, it's done. The thing is, <laughs> is that you would think, too, is that even if the plants stopped secreting this toxin, you think that it would still be airborne. For, for like, a period of time like before it can die hours. off. It's like pollen. Yeah, like, well, or and, it would be sitting on top, like, the, the toxins would be sitting on top of grass, leaves, flowers, and, trees. And this, and, this is, and this is what bothers me about emphasis on plot. Because to me... To me, and I'm going to be the one to say it, there's not a lot, there is space between how it was executed in science and this, okay? There is space between it and it's done much better in science than it is in happening, but there's not enough space for me mm-hmm. between the coincidence of the kid's lungs just happening to be closed when he's having an asthma attack, when the alien sprays the stuff in his face and then and the earth being inhabited by water and the alien just being like well we're out guys peace <laughs> you know there's not a whole lot there's not enough space between those coincidences and these coincidences yeah. you know to me and that's why plot bothers me to such well, a large the thing degree with, the thing the difference you know? is with signs all of those coincidences were a part of the story like, yes, they were supposed to be there to be yeah. a sign for mel gibson's character development where this agreed, it's just agreed. like Here's Agreed. all these coincidences with no reasoning behind them whatsoever. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I admit, like, it's like, there is, there is space between, you know, like, yeah. there, there is space between the two, okay? But in my mind, that's why it's like, I watch science and I'm like, okay. But even then in my mind, I'm like, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm still uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll let it go, but, it, but it's like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it. But like, in my mind, okay, like, if you want to try to make this work, you know, the thing is, the, the movie's called The Happening. That's a very vague title, you know. Leave the movie that vague, yeah. you know, if you're going to do this. If you're committed to doing this, and then go all out for these deaths. You Believe it or not, you could have saved that scene with John Leguizamo where he's in the Jeep, okay? So, don't, but don't give any inclination to, like, it's the air or anything. Give no fucking explanation to it. And, and so it's like these people are just offing themselves in brutal, gruesome ways. The world's starting to devolve into chaos, you know. And then, like, and then you have the story of these characters as they're traversing through it. And then, the, and then, there's there's no way to, for John Leguizamo to logically leave his daughter with another person, especially when he knows that his wife is dead. And so, like, okay, so you're gonna leave your daughter with these people to die as well? Like, don't you think your daughter would want to like die with you? Like, if you know you're all doomed. 
you know, Did put you notice that aside. the driver of the Jeep that John Leguizamo's in was Brian O'Holler and the dude from Clerks? And I was like, why did they put him? Was it really? He was driving. It showed him in a shot for like two, <coughs> two seconds. And I'm like, <coughs> and then like it showed like his eyes in the rearview mirror. And I'm like, that looks like Brian O'Holler from Clerks. And I'm like, why the, I looked into it and it was him and I'm like, why would they put him in this to have like a two second roll right. of lines or anything? <laughs> just like, yeah, just like a cameo. I, uh, I would, I would love if he threw out like, a, I'm not even supposed to be here today and just crash the fucking Jeep. <laughs> just like, ah, that's the twist that I'm here. But like, I, like that scene I think could have been, like if you save that scene, I think you could have use that as a premise to do the same thing for the rest of the movie. So hear me out on this, okay? I'm going to throw this out to you, and you guys let me know what you think, all right? So he's in this Jeep. They find, because is that where they find the hanging bodies is in the Jeep? Yeah. Is in John Leguizamo's Jeep? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they see the hanging bodies. They're starting to freak out, okay? And and it, he does not look to the ceiling. He doesn't see the hole there. They have no idea what's causing it. They just know that they've seen the bodies, and, oh, shit, it's here too, right? So everybody's starting to freak out, and he's trying to keep people calm. I think the math thing was dumb, but you could have found – the idea, I think, is okay. He's trying to keep people calm, and then, and then like, like the driver starts to be unresponsive. He speeds up like in the movie, goes headfirst into this tree. The thing crashes, and then you just see rubble, smoke, everything else. Leguizamo comes crawling out, and he comes out totally unscathed, by the way. Yeah. Like, which was door shit. But anyway, so he comes crawling out. He's bloodied up. He's fucked up. He's coughing. Everything else. He goes. He sits in the middle of the road, destitute, broken, and alone. And now you're watching him. The camera sits there, steady cam. And then he, like, you see a close up of his face. And then he, like, he leans forward and then just starts bashing his head into the concrete until it's a bloody mess of wet bone. And that's the end of that scene. And then you use that as, like, an ex- expand that out to, like, the rest of the movie. I'm not saying it would have been perfect by any means, okay? But I'm saying, like, focusing on that grisly bit of brutality as, like, that's the danger in this movie. Yeah, and it's that was the thing basically too, unexplained. With this movie, they went with, like, like the, it was a big thing. Like, oh, this is M. Night Shyamalan's first R-rated movie, and it's going to be... Like, so commit to it. Fucking yeah, yeah, commit yeah, exactly. to it. And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It. And that's like, what I'm I don't saying, even feel. see a reason why this movie would have to be R-rated other than the fact that it randomly shows bodies. It's like, I've seen worse in PG-13, honestly. Yeah, exactly. It, right, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So like when in that scene, I'm like, okay, so this is his big first R-rated movie or whatever. It's like that scene, I was like, okay, so he could have just sat there destitute, broken, and alone. And then like you see that it gets, to, it gets him too because then he leans forward and bashes his skull until it's just lasagna on the pavement. And then yeah. he's dead, you know, as like, and then that's like, oh shit. Now, like, that's what's coming for everybody, basically. And it's like, what's making him do it? You have no explanation. The movie's mm-hmm. called The Happening for a reason. It's really vague. Well, that is the you thing know? too, is like right from the beginning, the first scene, it shows like the trees turning over and stuff. And you're, you know, right from the start, okay, it's the, it's the plants. Like there's, it could have been a, a revelation. Like this is why it's happening, but it tells you right from the get go. And you're like, okay, well then. What's the point of having the rest of this movie? It's just them walking around trying to find somewhere to go. Like, it gives zero purpose for the rest of the movie by right. like revealing that little bit at the, but at the at beginning. But at least Zoe Deschanel right. is pretty. Yeah, right. And, and, and le- unless you're gonna really invest yourself in the journey of these characters, which if you're gonna give someone a cheating storyline, fucking do it. Yeah. You know, it's like and, oh, I just had like, dessert with him once, so and I'm what? like. <laughs> And if Cyril let me know when, it, like, oh, I just had dessert with this guy once, I'd be like, okay. 
And did cool. you bring any home? <laughs> thanks for thanks for hiding phone calls for me. Which uh, that was M Night Shyamalan's cameo for the movie. By the way, he was the voice of Joey on the phone because oh. he does cameos in all his movies. Um, <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the fucking hot dog guy. We're gonna have hot dogs. You like hot dogs? He's like, the best character. In the yeah, movie. I was like, so what? I, the, actually, I looked I at Sierra at that point, and I'm like, what the fuck are you making me I, watch? No, right no, now? you know what the best part about that scene? The stupidest part. The guy was straight up had a nursery, a tree nursery, and was like, yeah, it's the plants doing it. Let me bring you to my tree nursery. Yeah. So have food. Well, oh, it's definitely the plants. Let's go to see my fucking plants. Okay, okay, okay. We have a whole right. other movie to it's talk really, about. And then, like, on, and then, like, on top of that. Like, like I said, I've talked about this. Like when you offer too many answers, you give the your answers better be good because you give the audience a lot of time to go. That's fucking dumb, yeah. you know. And the more time that they have to think about all of these different plot elements, the chains that link plot one step to the next, the more time you give them to think about that rather than being invested in the emotional journey of these characters, you run the risk of losing them at every step of the way, you know. So. That but plot is very tricky, and I don't, and I don't usually don't trust plot-driven stories for that very reason, you know. So anyway, we'll get into. I'm sorry, it's the last little, last little thing, but we'll get into ratings or whatever. But, but no, you're good. Um, I just want to make sure we have enough time for. Yep, sure, absolutely. Um, so I'll rate this movie first. I'm gonna give it a two point five. It had some good laughs, so those two point five points are solely, literally, for the laughs. The LOLs get my two point two point. I'm gonna five. give it a four, all for John Leguizamo, because I loved him in the Mario Brothers movie. Well, Green Mario, this shit show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, am I going next? No, I'm trying to come up with a rating. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Three, three, five. I'll give it a three, five. Is it also because the Mario movie? Yes, but it's also better than Creepshow. Show. <laughs> uh, three. 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 Special, yeah, specify. Three. All right, right. I'm going to give this thing a zero strictly because there was no reason for this movie to even exist. Even the actors regret it. (laughs) They got paid and they regret it. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg has straight up said, like, I regret working on this movie. The only upside is I got to play a character that wasn't a cop or a villain. (laughs) Right. And And to bolster my point even further, the, you know, the reasons you guys gave it had, um, Sierra's and Erica's had to do with other movies. Like, yeah. Like, because you like John Leguizamo in a different movie. You know, and Dylan, your laughs were unintentional laughs. Like, Not like, even that, but like we're rating this on a horror scale. So technically yeah. I should have given and, it a zero, but yeah, to me there was no reason for this thing to exist. No reason at all. And I and the and Becca the I think hit the nail on, Becca had hit the nail on the head she when I was talking about how clunky the uh, the dialogue was. Becca was like, This feels like it was written in a different language and then dubbed into English. Yes, exactly. And and, and so it's like and, and so it's, he's like, We lost content. With whom? I was like okay, what regular person is gonna say with whom? Like yeah. my my thing know, okay, it, I grew up on like I, we grew up with, like, Goosebumps and, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and stuff. And I always loved those last little, like, the final scene where it's just, like, you think everything's good and then it's not. And I would have loved if, like, when she found out she's pregnant and Mark Wahlberg sees her and he's walking towards her, if he just stopped and started walking backwards. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. it didn't even happen. It was just a happy ending. And, like, right. I told Sierra at this point, too, like, I would be that dick who 
at the end of all of this, if this were to happen, if I survived, I'd randomly just start fucking with people and walking right. backwards. <laughs> as, as it is, like, but like, I don't think, you know, I, I'll be as blunt and brutally honest as I possibly could. I, I hated this movie. Like, you know what they should have done with this movie? It's very, very rare for me to not be able to find anything I liked about a movie because yeah. I love horror so much and it pains me to say that but I hated this movie I yeah. it had zero direction and vision you know this thing and the worst part about it is every idea is salvageable it is, is believe it or not every idea is salvageable if you can find a way to execute and that's I'm actually curious what do you guys think like if, if you were to take like if you were to blow up that scene like I had said and put that really gruesome tone for the whole thing, I don't and, even and think just that scene. I think the whole guys, fucking movie, like the, the whole, whole movie. movie. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. Like, like if but, you expanded that out to the whole movie, like what? Like, what I do you think guys if think? they made this movie comical and went a funny route and made it a little more, um, like, like more Shaun killed. of the Dead. No, not even Shaun of the Dead. Like like scary movie. Like make it really bad yeah, comedy. Like, I think that this idea of making fun of horror movies would have been really fun. Absolutely. And then the cast would have made a lot more sense. I think as a serious horror movie, it wasn't successful. But if they seriously, if if this movie took a comedic turn to make fun of like pick fun at at, sta- at horror standards, it would have been a it would have been probably enjoyable. Right. Sure. And uh, but I, as a serious horror movie, now it's, it's not right. in, in, it, it's not even funny enough to have the comedy that's redeeming. You right. Know what I mean, it's. Like there's nothing. But, it's awkward. It's an awkward movie. You very watch it, awkward. Like, and then three fourths. There's no then, connection. Like Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg's characters are like they've they've been married for years. There's literally no connection between them at all. All of the mm-hmm. characters are 100 percent flat. All of them. One. It was really weird. Every single one of them. And so like, and so like I said, like the only I'm not saying it would have been a golden movie by any stretch of the imagination, but if you would have taken a seriously gritty tone with it. Taking a I lot think of they the would explanation have to out. Replace the whole cast too. I, yeah, and taking a lot of the explanation out, and just be like, the people are offing themselves worldwide, and nobody really knows why, and the world's devolving into. It'd be a different way of doing the zombie apocalypse, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like, I'm not saying it'd be a perfect movie, but I think you could at least salvage a six. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, get it up to like a six. You know, if if you really were to make a gritty this, I mean, what do you guys think? You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think I think either grittier or make it really, really funny, awkward. Yeah, funny Anything but what yeah. direction they took it. Yeah, like, like there was no... I, I think the problem is that it was, like, just... It was entirely... It wasn't moving vision. anywhere. The movie just stayed in one place, and there yeah. was no reason, rhyme, or reason for anything that happened throughout it. Entirely visionless. Entirely visionless. You know... And so and that this was definitely 100% one of those movies. Like, I got done. I was like, you wasted my fucking time. Now let's get into The yeah. Visit. The Visit. This movie was shit so, too, man. The Visit was, like, M. Night Shyamalan's acclaimed, like... Shyamalan. Return to horror. Um, this was the first movie since The Village that didn't receive... Razzies for like worst director, worst film, like how because he had like <laughs> no this movie, this movie. You know how I said the last one should have been funny in a comedy. This one was literally like I feel like he was trying to make a scary movie. Well, what what movie. happened? He had <laughs> like it was funny as hell. He had said that he had three final scripts for this movie. Mm-hmm. One of them was a pure like one hundred percent comedy. 
One of them was complete horror, and, this and then one in one was com- like an in between of comedy and horror, and that's the one that he went with, which kind of bums me out because this movie had the potential to be this had pieces. Yes, yeah, I agree. it had potential to be a horror movie, so I would have loved to see the comedy taken out, but they did leave it in, and it did. I I, I didn't think this movie was terrible. Honestly. I thought I thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> I need that Xena shirt. It's a onesie. My kid this, needs that. This is this is a, this is another one of like this basically cements this basically cements my outlook on Shyamalan as a whole. Shyamalan filled with Shyamalan Shyamalan as a whole. I, okay, as an aside, there's only one L in his name, Sierra. Shyamalan. 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 Wait, let me look at his name. I'll, I'll try and pronounce it by looking at it. Either way. Either way. Shyamala. Shyamala. All right. Either way, Shyamalan is a guy you want at the idea table because he is filled with decent ideas, at least decent. You know, mm-hmm. I think he can get you started on a lot of ideas. He needs other people to carry it out and yes. to help him boister stuff up. He is filled with limitless potential. And he, 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 somewhere along the way, always, he loses grip on it. I will say, I think, I think what a big thing is, I, I think that The Sixth Sense was a solid movie. I don't think he loses it at all in The Sixth Sense, but I think after that, it kind of goes downhill. I think the problem is, is that his first movie got so big, and he just thought, like, if that was that easy. Yeah. But even <laughs> if you look at his other ones, though, like Lady, Lady in the Water, I loved Lady he in the Water. He definitely had it was that, awesome. that button that your dad had where you press it, and it's like, that was easy. Yeah. But <laughs> that they, was um, easy. He, like, Lady in the Water was a child, was a children's book. It was, a like, a concept that he wrote for his kids, and he wrote the book and then decided to make it into a movie. The children's book is adorable, and it's, like, it's a really cool, like, creepy bedtime story. The movie was alright. It's not a, it's not a horror movie at all. It's, like, it's another one that, like, the idea's there. That's, he's got extremely strong ideas, in my opinion. I think that he just fucks it up. His highest, his highest rated movie, apart from The Sixth Sense, um, as of right now. stand for? I don't know, but his highest rated movie, yes, Mike. Is uh, Split and Unbreakable, which I have not seen either of this Split point. was awesome. I've heard that they're good, so I want to check those out because I feel like those might be the ones where, like, the concept is actually Split carried is, out the is, right way. Split is solid. I, okay. I, I like, think it's, it's, you liked it. I loved it. I thought it was really good. I think Mr. Sir Mike Shalomalan, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call him from now on because I don't know what the M means. Mikey Shays. Ma- Mikey Shays. <laughs> uh, I think that, that like John said, I think he's an idea guy and then he needs like somebody in the, in the back that's writing down the, the important little details and the twists for him because his plot Which- twists suck! Well, and then, like, and, be, and, and, and it's not just Shyamalan either. There's this, like I said, there's this idea with storytelling in general that it's like, well, okay, well, we've got to stay ahead of them. We've got to do something with the story that people haven't seen before. How can we stay ahead of them? Oh, it's my really God, popular right now, and I think it came out to be with the um, the fucking soft. Yes, and, and it's like, it's like, you it's, can't say his name now, but you want to go ahead and try shooting that one? That's actually. Man, oh, je, ne, He's not ne, French, Sierra. <laughs> Nelly. 
Atushayamalan. <laughs> fuck was that? Okay, um, okay, what? so here's my thing with the visit. His name is Sounds. Here's my thing with the visit. Before, Sierra and I watched it when it came out, um, we rented it and we watched it, and I had the ending spoiled for me before we watched it. So watching it, had I not known what the twist was going to be, I probably would have appreciated it. A I lot do more. like the scene where they find out that it's not their you know, grandparents when I, they're like I, on the love cam with their mom, and she's like, "Who are they?" And it's like, they're like, "You know, I had, not seen, I had not seen this movie, and the ending wasn't spoiled for me. Last night was a first watch for me, and so this is one of the rare times when I will agree that I was like, "That was decent. That was good." When it happened, when he's like. So I'm going to be very honest with you. Those aren't your grandparents. I was like, yeah. Okay. I was like, it's such a tense moment too, because she's like, isn't she like lock the door, like get away from that, like call the cops about it. Yeah. She freaks out about it. I was like, that's not bad. Like, but knowing the twist, it it takes away from watching it. And it honestly, it has, we didn't, this is one of the rare, probably the only times where we've covered an episode and we didn't rewatch the movie to cover it because I honestly was like, I don't know if I could watch it again, already knowing the twist at well, the end. Well, yeah, and, and like, he tried to convince me, and I was like, nah, I'm good. I remember this movie. Remember they find all the diapers? Gross. The kid fucking raps. He got bars. I'll, I'll put his raps in this episode, too. No, that kid can't rap. He's, He's dropped some, he dropped some bars. I'll put it in here. Dude, I yeah. need a pickle. But, um, but the, I, but it's the same thing. Like, this movie had, had this one, this movie had decent spots, but it comes down to, like, a couple different things. It bugs, like, why does every movie that wants to be like relentlessly intense have to go with some tweak on found footage? Yeah. Like you can do relentlessly intense movies traditionally. That was my thing. You know, like this like, movie this does... had no reason to be found footage. And Most I think of them don't. I think that this is another one much like um, as above so below that we covered a few weeks ago where it actually took away from it a lot yeah, that they made it found footage. Nice. This movie could have been fucking solid if it wasn't found footage. And the thing, like, like, so the scene in the bedroom when she gets locked in there uh, with Claire at the end or whatever, and I was like, as it, it's, it started to really bug me as the viewer. It's like, I want to see what happens in the scene. She's got the spotlight on that lady. Why would you pan away from her if that's your only light in the yeah. room? It's like you're panning away just to pan back and try to freak me out. Knock it off. Like And it's like it's it's not it's not only that, it's like you know that they did that to add horror to it where it's not realistic, but it's just like, oh, this is really gonna scare people. And the thing that no, come on. And the thing that it's like if that's the angle you I don't I don't know under I don't understand why filmmakers have this idea in their head that it's like, okay, there's found footage angles and then there's standard footage angles. No, that's bullshit. It, like, when, okay, so when she's fighting with Claire in the bed, right? If you <laughs> want, hold on, John. I'm fucking dying right now because Sierra and Erica decided that this is the perfect time to eat pickles. <laughs> so they're both like sitting back away from the mic, covering their mouth, just slowly crunching pickles. <laughs> Why the fuck do you do this every time? <laughs> Sierra thought it was a great idea, and then I saw it, and I was like, yo, that does look like a really good idea. And then <laughs> well, when like, I bit into it, it was so loud in my headphones, I had to take it? one of my God. headphones out. Can you hear when we eat right. It's like M. Night Shyamalan. He thought that these movies were a good well, idea. Great idea. But then yeah. he went to carry it out. Yeah. But like, but like okay, Poorly so... Poorly executed pickle eating? Yes. Yeah, you, you, you get this idea. Like, okay, so in the bed, right, when, when she's fighting with Claire... 
and the and they want the camera angle under the covers with the girl as she's fighting. Just do that. Traditionally, cinematically, if that's the angle that you want, set the fucking camera up that way. Put the white spotlight on it. Light it with a white spotlight. They did it in Halloween. Like they did it you, in, um, you, you light him with a blue light. New and Nightmare, then, where he's crawling under the fucking sheets to get Yeah, ready. precisely. And so it's like there's this idea that it's like, well, that's not the natural lighting you'd have in the room. Who fucking cares? Like, like who fucking cares, man? Light the scene how you know it's going to look coolest. And then light it that way and then show me the scene cinematically. You can do so much more by just adding atmospheric tone with lighting. You guys have talked about it a thousand times with Suspiria and, and a lot of Sargento work in general is that it's like you can, like, is, are those, is that the way things actually look? Like, is there actual, like, like, do they light it with red light in different? Like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, no, there's you know no the red light in is? that scene. It's like, no, there's no red light in that natural environment. I understand that. But that doesn't bug me as a moviegoer to be like, that's bullshit. There's no red light in that room. No, that doesn't bug me. I understand that this is art and you're telling me a story. Do what's going to be best for the story. If you want to blast them with a white spotlight during that scene, then blast them with a white spotlight. Like, like why is there this, this, this yeah, intricate... Yeah dovetail i guess and this is a little this is a bit, okay, if you guys were here you'd be able to see me dancing on my soapbox here but like but like this is why is there such an intricate dovetail in filmmaking where it's like okay we can only use things that are naturalistic to this environment to enhance this scene it's like no man if we're gonna do this totally realistically there's no way you'd be able to see any of this shit at night anyway yeah you know so it's like, so we're going into this understanding that you're going to like the scene appropriately to give the proper effect. And if you want to blast it with whatever color light you can. Now, what I'm saying, where I'm going with this is I'm saying if you want that found footage look, if you just, it's a very, stri- it's very striking imagery because everything is always really white lit with like that white spotlight that everybody has in their phone. And it is a cool image, but I'm saying you can do that traditionally cinematically. You know, it doesn't have to be a found footage to have that white spotlight on them. If you just want a white spotlight, put a white spotlight on them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, who's well, not actually in the room? It's like, no one cares, man. Like, yeah, only no you, cares. only you care about that. Like, yeah. And anybody who does care, nobody likes them anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we just be like, eh, you're, you're being too picky. Right. And, and you're not going to do it. And you're not going to do anything to please that guy. Anyway, that hater, you know, you like that troll is going to hate this scene. He's going to find something to hate about it if it's not that spotlight. If he's going to be the guy that hates it because of the lighting, then there's nothing you can do to please him anyway. So just don't even worry about it, you know. And so just do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I now this is an idea that I've had for a long time. I don't know why they just don't do POV movies where it's like, I don't know. I don't they tried it, uh, like, last year, I think it was, yeah. or two years ago. They had, like, an action movie. I forget what it was called. A point of, point so of view like, movie. So it's, like, it's, like, the camera's a character? Their yeah. eyes, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and they're, well, because, like, they did it in Halloween, too. Like, the See, essentially, Halloween. that would be, like, um, the, when you play the VR games, or when yeah. you play video games, it would be, I would be okay right. with that, I think, if, if it was you, done they, properly, because it didn't work You would, you would have yet. to, you would have to know that, you would have to understand its limitations before you go in, and you would have to treat it appropriately as a, as a mode of delivery. You know I think it would be a really good way to create fear, because it's like putting you in the eyes of that character. And, and you you're don't seeing, have to, as you're, as you would see in real life. 
and you don't have to worry about explaining why there's a goddamn camera. Yeah. And, and so it's, I'm not, like, like my I'm ass not, would not be recording any of this. The second I knew something was up, I'd be like, all right, fuck this camera. We're going to figure something out. <laughs> the instant I would have thought my grandmother was crawling under the house with me and then walked, walked up to the house bare ass, like showing me her ass. Grandma like, would have gotten fucking I'd smoked. Have, I'd have been like, I'm out of here. I'm not staying for this. Like, and so like, especially, when, especially if I would have seen footage at night of her coming up. And obviously those roars aren't coming from her throat. Or, mm-hmm. well, I mean, they are, but I'm saying, like, obviously, clearly there's something off about these people. Like, mm-hmm. You know, and I think kids would be even more perceptive to it, especially kids that have been through trauma like these children have. You know, and so yeah. it's like, and I think, well, because I was that way as a kid. Like, I had a lot of, like, childhood trauma and shit. So, like, my my um, my weird shit-o-meter, like, is always really sensitive, you know. And so it's like the, the first sign of anything wrong. Like, cause, okay, now I'm trying to think back. Was it, was the story that they had never met their grandparents? I think it's like they hadn't been there since they were really young because the okay. mom stopped talking oh. to them. Yeah, mom yeah. didn't okay. have a good relationship. So I, I, they either, the sister had met, but brother okay. never did, or they never met. Okay, like, so, like so the children had no reference of what they looked like either way. So yeah. that's why their, their meters weren't crossed. But at the, at the first sign of some of this stuff, you know, at the first time of some of this stuff, I'd have been like, nope, I'm not doing this. I don't care where I'm going. I'm out of here. And I, that's why I was telling Becca, I was like, there's decent spots to be had here. And I think there is a good story to be salvaged out of it. I think the timeline's got to be really cut down. I don't think the kids would have put up with it for a week, you know. So I was no, like, I probably would have been like, no, mom, like, we need to leave. This yes, safe. I, I think I think you should. I think they could have shortened it to a day. And yeah. and, mm-hmm. and 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 I th- think you could have really done it. so like have some of the some weird shit happen during the day and then have most of the movie take place during this terrible night mm-hmm. you know and then that and like and that's what you focus on so quite literally by the time their weird shit meter goes up which would be within the first 24 hours there it's already nighttime you know and it's like they have to endure at least one night you know it's like they open the door and she's naked clawing at the walls <laughs> i'd have been like no no, I'm not dealing with this. But I think, could... I think they try to, don't they? Because they tell their mom, like, oh, there's something not right with them. And she's just like, oh, just try and enjoy they're it. Just, they're just crazy. I'm a, shitty, I'm a shitty mom. I'm enjoying this vacation without you kids. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go hoot and holler at some men and find a one-night stand. I'm good. So later, you know. Yeah. So like, maybe tomorrow, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Mommy's got some margaritas to throw down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Erica's got to head out. So let's jump into ratings. I... I don't really have too much more to say about this movie anyway. What's like, your rating on it? Don't I'm going to give it a 5.5. Change your mind? You don't have to change my mind on that one. It's not going to change. <laughs> I really didn't like this movie. And it's like the storyline I will agree. I, I think that it, this is the ongoing theme of Shalom Lan. Is that his storyline, his Mikey ideas Shays. are really interesting. What? Mikey Shays. Mikey Shays. Um, his ideas are interesting, but they're just not executed exactly how... It would be most terrifying. Yeah. So, uh, it was kind of a bummer for me. I think that the idea that some, that some psychos got out of a, out of psych ward, killed their grandparents and were staying in the place was really interesting. But then at that point, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't see a mother shipping their kids off, not bringing them 
dropping them off to like it just it goes back to everything was just way too convenient yeah yeah like it it was (laughs) just like there's too many things that had to happen for them to be able to be in a house with strangers without their mother knowing it just doesn't seem accurate unless you're a shithead um which i guess there are shitty people out there so but i i don't know she didn't the mom didn't see wasn't drawn up like as some awful terrible mother either no no it was just like eh I'm sure it'll be, like, I guess, like, you really don't think, like, oh, well, when there's they get two, there, yeah. there's going to be two crazy people, not my parents, but whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to stop ranting about that. I think that this movie's, yeah, it as a comedy, as, like, a silly movie, I maybe, like, a six, but as a horror movie, maybe, like, a two and a half. You rated The Happening higher than you rated That's The That's because John, like, Lozano was in the Mario movie, and it was great. <laughs> You're really going to rate this lower than The Happening? Yes. Okay. Erica? I'm going to come in with a, uh... Four. Okay. And it's... I... This is the thing. I love M. Night Shyamalan. I really do. I loved... I love Signs. I thought... I thought that The Sixth Sense was great. I liked Split a lot. He's got awesome ideas. The issue is that... That was easy. It just, he doesn't execute things well. And that's what sucks because it's like, if these were all executed properly, they're, they would be fantastic. I think that he's got really, really great ideas and they're interesting ideas and they're not run of the mill shit that you see all the time. Would you leave him alone? Are you that grossed out by fucking pickles? Yes, I fucking hate pickles and mayonnaise. They're fucking gross. Are you a communist? Secret communist. It's just, I I don't know. I just, it sucks because it's like you want to like his stuff, but then you like get into it and you're like, nope, never mind. Can't do this. Precisely. I agree. Yeah. So what are you giving it? Oh yeah, you're giving it a four. I'm giving it a four, yeah. John, what you got? Alright, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to give this thing, I'm going to give the, I'm going to give this thing the standard five. Only because there was spots that I thought were decent, were good, and and it's the and it's the same thing that all you guys have bemoaned. It's the tragedy, I guess, of Shyamalan that it's it's like, dude, man, like like Erica said too, it's like you want to like it, you know, mm-hmm. you want to, and 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 because some of those spots were good, good, and I really wish they would have ran with this like a modern day like. What they were running with was lunacy, it, traditional lunacy, is what they used to call it back in the 1800s, was, and that's where like legends of werewolves and stuff that originally cropped up. It was people going batshit fucking crazy at night. Nah, so werewolves are real. Well, like pretty but, sure Nora's a werewolf. But but like the the because the, there's the line in the 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 boy says uh, says he goes werewolves are real obviously saying that like it, you know the grandparents are crazy at night in a humanistic form they're werewolves and so like I like no I can I'm just saying like with with vision I can see where this could have really been cool you know like and like I said you shorten it to one night you know you do a couple of different little tweaks like and and, and this thing could have actually worked. And so it's like the spot where she comes crawling towards him or whatever. Like it's like, oh, okay, I can see where it's coming from. And then like in the the end when she stands up with the bedsheet over her, I was like, that like there's cool images. 
and it's and it just yeah. So I'm gonna give it a, a five only because there was something to work with. But other than that, it's just kind of like it just they did like a better falls. job than the happening. We'll say that. Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> so and that well, gives it an average. Uh, do you, do you, the, the average is at four point three. My phone's on low battery, so I wanted to say it before I forgot. <laughs> well, not, like I'll say this though, I did have to check afterward that I, I asked Becca. I was like, "Did Shyamalan do this one? Because it doesn't seem like it." <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a lot different than the rest of his movies. I'll say that. I thought it was someone else because I was like, "This one was actually a little bit more had a little but bit I, more to it." But I feel like it. I feel like it was. Here, here's my opinion on it. He fell off for a while, and he wasn't getting like he was getting a lot of shit. I honestly feel that he felt. Hey, I'm gonna make this movie found footage for the sole reason that that's what's big right now, and I need to get back into the picture here. I need to get one on the board. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I honestly think that is the only reason this movie was made as a found footage movie. I don't think that it had anything to do with the creative outlook of the movie, the the thought process of the movie. Like, I honestly think he, his thought was, let's make it found footage because that's what's big right now. Well, and, I, and it had and it had a super uplifting ending. Of course, <laughs> you know it had a super uplifting ending. Like this thing had every marker to be a horribly like tragic ending. <laughs> like, yeah. like this could have been really dark and really been something, you know. But I really like that ending. Uh, so for me, I get sad when people that it well, but like, but like I don't like those shithead kids. They could have died. I didn't care. <laughs> But, like, I gotta like the character to want them to survive. Yeah. But every right. time, though? <laughs> yeah. Not every time. That's what I'm saying. I have to like the character. I didn't like the characters in the happening. It sucked they survived. I liked Mel Gibson. He survived. I was pleased. Right. Well, and, then, and that's why, like, <laughs> that, that's why, like, it's like, you don't have to kill off every single character in every single story. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want that to be, like, my yeah. mark. That, like, See, John, with, with John the needs size, everybody to I think to that the happy, happy ending was deserved, and that's mainly because, like, Mel Gibson's already lost. Like they, they made it a tragedy in the beginning, right? You know, so it was like it was given. It was a, it was it was nice to let him keep the rest of his family. It was the right thing to do. But Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel didn't lose anything in that, right? But except a coworker. Oh, boo hoo! You're gonna have to hire a math teacher. That sucks. <laughs> and, and I and I don't like I don't want this to be my mark either. That everybody has to die in every movie for John to be happy. Like that, that's not it. But I'm just saying that it's like, like some it's of the taking, it's characters taking zero risks, it, you know. And and you and and I like and it shouldn't always be a secondary kind of important character. Like, well, my thing is like you it's know. you got to take risks, and it gets to the point where any movie that M Night Shyamalan does, you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna be like, okay, everybody's gonna be safe, and it's gonna have an happy ending. Right, like it, exactly. it gives total predictability. Right, and it it just kind of takes away from the movie. Let's a look bit. into Mikey Shea's life. Mikey Shea, I'm not gonna look into it, and we'll see because maybe <laughs> something happened to him as a child where he just does not like things to be sad. Maybe his parents died young. <laughs> like maybe that's why all the families are always okay. Sarah, you just made this conversation darker than any movie Let's he's look. ever made. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, you look into it after this. Well, We're well, gonna wrap the episode up. But, uh, <laughs> I, I guess the um, I think trying well, and it's not just Shyamalan. To be fair, that has a lot of like happy endings on their horror movies or thrillers or whatever you want to call them. Because Stephen King's bad with that too. Like, mm-hmm. like at least in his books, 
like a lot of times it, it usually always has some sort of happy ending. I, you know, and so I can certainly appreciate that, but like every time you want things to wrap up fairly benevolently, when you're doing very nefarious things throughout the book, a lot of times I think you're doing the story a disservice. It's like, I, I like part of what sells the fear factor is, is the insurmountability of it. And if your characters are always triumphing, like, like then there's no real reason to fear the dread of whatever you're creating, you know? And that's why we, I think that that's why we're still like, why we still do horror, you know, is to be scared and frightened of the evil that shows up. And it's like, if we all know that everybody's always going to be safe, then there's no reason to really dread whatever anybody even thinks up. So why are we trying so hard to write twists and stuff? If nobody, if it's not going to get anybody, you know? So it's like, you have to be willing to off kill, like kill your darlings, you know? It's going to break your heart, man. But sometimes, like, you have to do it. You got to be willing to do it, you know. That's why, like... Both of his parents were doctors. (laughs) Dr. Mikey Shays. Boom. John, where can people find you? (laughs) People can find me on Instagram at Skeleton Rose Media. All one word. That's why I do a majority of my reach out. I write horror novels and melodic death metal. All of my horror novels are available through Amazon. Just go ahead and type in the name of any of my books into the search bar and scroll down. You'll find me. I promise you I have a two-foot red beard. It's not difficult to misplace me. Um, all of my melodic death metal is also written under the name Skeleton Rose. It's available anywhere you get your digital music for free or for purchase. It's available in more places for free than for purchase, I promise you. We're also on Facebook under Skeleton Rose and Skeleton Rose Media. So, quite literally, I love hearing the good, the bad, and the fucking horrific from anybody. I enjoy human interaction to the greatest degree. So, anything you might ever want to tell me, go ahead and drop me a line. All right. The outcome is Shyamalan has a very happy family and happy life. So, he might just... That explains it all. Yeah. Like, he has... His parents were super supportive of him. He has three daughters that love him. Uh, the wife, very happy life. It seems that that's probably why he keeps families together because <laughs> his family was awesome. Right. Good for you, Shalomalan. All right. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. Be sure to subscribe and uh, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to us. And tune in next week. We're going to be talking 70s slashers with the movies. Those are my personal faves. Uh, a Bay of Blood, Deep Red, and Eaten Alive. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're also going to be at the Days of the Dead convention in two weeks. Uh, I guess a week after this episode comes out in Charlotte. So if you're going to be there, come hang out with us. John, Becca, me, Sierra, Erica, and Kyle are all going to be there. And Roy, right? And Roy, yeah. And Roy will be there. That's true. And I'll get to meet Linda Blair. Yeah. Oh, gosh. John, don't cry. Don't cry. I'm going <laughs> to try. Cool. Play cool. Play cool. We have, we're like we're like narrowing down the list of people that we want to meet just like because you, you got to pick them out. Yeah. Money. And yeah. Last time we went, it was like income tax season. So we literally went all out and met like every single person. There. I'm meeting Bill Mosley and I'm probably going to go. <laughs> so uh, we, we're going. But Linda Blair is definitely on my list. Um, Bill, Mosley. Bill Mosley, Sid Haig, uh, Tom Matthews, for sure. Heather Langenkamp. I'm well, maybe all, Heather Langenkamp. I'm back and forth, and Cassandra Peterson. All yes. of our um, all of our photo ops are scheduled for Friday. 
which is the slower day, I would guess. And that's, so, like, yeah, that's awesome because yeah, you're gonna get in. So, because the vendors are what I'm uber 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 excited about. Like yeah, I plan yeah. on the vendors buying, was my favorite part too. Like I bought so much shit I shouldn't have bought. So I <laughs> like I plan on buying shit. Like, I am too. Yeah, you know. that's like I I don't have a lot of money, but I'm buying some shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So All right, well, have a good night, everybody. All right, horn size. Stay brutal, everybody. Toodles. <laughs> Toodles. A maybe sir chain may not live in the hood, may not carry no chrome, may not be allowed a cell phone at dinner, but I'm young and can do 18 push-ups, and I speak the truth. My sister tried to make a film about old people feeling dismay, but it didn't turn out that way. She hit the screen and Keelan got vomited in her face, chunks in her hair from a stew, but she washed them out with Herbal Essence Body Envy Shampoo. So here's a few things she done when learned from visiting elders. Adult diapers come in many a name, this attends and depends on medline and prevail, but they all the same, they keep your muscles spilling out and they keep it contained. So here's the truth, I got messed up with a killer who's truly insane, I will try not to refrain, try to overcome cut my pain cause one day it will get me my fame like 50 cent getting shot and being lame you see I got a diaper shoved in my face for half an hour I thought it was over I thought I'd be under the ground growing fall leaf clover some dude don't over me with a mower but that's not what happened you see cause I went all mental I was like Mel Gibson at the end of a lethal weapon rental I'm straight now I'm not gonna lie for three weeks that diaper left me like a basket case I had to use two whole dove bars on my face and one last thing and I don't mean to say again but the truth is Shit doesn't taste like chicken. Oh, Shania Twain, bitches. <laughs>